Thank you for joining us and for listening to our podcasts. We hope that this may enrich your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to share with you just for a few minutes a key to winning the Lord's heart. Because that's what we need to do, right? We need to be special in his eyes. In the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 15, and again, sometimes the NIV gets it right. And here's an example. How beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful. Your eyes are doves. It's not you have doves' eyes, like in the King James. You're fair. Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have doves' eyes. No, no, no. Your eyes are doves. That's what it says. And he says that and a similar thing about the eyes. He speaks about the eyes in the Song of Solomon four times. In chapter 6, verse 5, he says, Turn away thine eyes from me, for they have overcome me. We become irresistible to the Lord with our eyes, what we set our vision on. What do we know about doves? We know something and all of the scientific world basically knows something about doves that no one until this day with all the modern technology no one can understand how a dove does it you can take a dove and put him in a cage you know a, a domesticated dove a pet you put him in a cage put a cloth over it so he can't see what's going on and you can take that dove on a trip up to 600 miles away from his home from his master and you can tie a little piece of paper on his leg with a message on it if you want to and you release him and he flies up, he goes about two or three times in a circle, and then he flies straight to his master. No stopping, no resting. He goes 600 miles straight to the master. Science has tried to figure out how they do that. They know they're not using GPS <laughs> because they were doing it hundreds of years before GPS ever existed. And they've been trying to figure it out. It's a, a mystery in creation that God has made to teach us a lesson. He said, you are beautiful to me. You are irresistible to me because your eyes are doves. No matter where you're at, what you're doing, 
Your eyes continually return to me. You set your vision on me. You're thinking of me. You're looking upon my beauty. You're trusting in me, and I will save you and provide for you, and I'll do everything you need. But when you turn your eyes toward me, I can't resist you. And so what we need to learn to do is no matter what, we might be very busy doing something, but all of a sudden we can think of the Lord and turn our spiritual eyes toward him, look toward him in our spirit. If we learn to do that, we will learn to be very much an irresistible believer. He'll come. In the middle of the night, if you get up, Put your eyes on him. You'll be shocked. He, he comes. He said, I can't resist you. It moves his heart. Imagine the creator of the universe. You know, he, he, he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said that's the desire of the Father. Is it pride? Divine pride? Yeah, worship, worship me. I'm so great and wonderful. It's just the opposite. Everyone in here knows what it, what it feels like and what it means when we are concerned about what others think about us. I wonder if they're going to think I, um, I'm a, a bum or really, really poor or what. I mean, isn't that true? Have you ever thought about what other people think? Oh, no, not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm too proud to do that. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, if you're walking down the street and there's a beggar on the street, do you care what he thinks about you? No. You're going to pass by and not even think about him. You may or may not give him a quarter or half a dollar or whatever, but maybe you don't. Maybe you don't even notice him. We're beggars. And can you believe this? The creator of the universe humbles himself infinitely to find out what we think about him. I mean, he would stand before you or me and want to know what we think about him? That's not pride. That's literally infinite humility. He is infinitely humble to even be interested in us but also to be moved if we turn our spiritual eyes toward him and set our vision and thoughts on him. Even not saying a word. Get up in the night. It's not a good time to be talking. But you can overcome him 
and cause him to draw near to you just by looking toward him. Let your, your doves fly to the master. Amen? Make it a habit. No matter how busy you are, you can turn your eyes to your spiritual eyes toward the Lord. Remember him and he will respond because he is infinitely humble. And there's another reason. The Bible says that we become what we worship. Once again, he wants he's I'm looking for those that will worship me. Why? Because he wants to share his life with you. He wants you to become what he is. Once again, what humility that he would want to share his life with nothingness like we are. Amen? What a God. What a mighty God and what a humble God. He is infinite in every way, including in humility and in meekness and lowliness. Years ago, I was worshiping the Lord with the song of the Lord, and I had my hands raised, and I was singing to him a new song like the Bible says we should do all the time, every day. A new song, well, with the song of the Lord, that's easy. I was worshiping the Lord with all my heart, and all of a sudden I heard the Lord speak, and again, basically audible. He said, Marvin, I'm down here. I was so far above him. He dwells in the low place, the humble place. I'm down here. He opened my eyes and I saw the Lord. Oh, what a humiliation for me. I mean, I wasn't being proud in my worship, but, you know, I was looking up to heaven to see the high and holy one and the lofty one. He said, no, no, I'm down here. I dwell in the low place with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. That's the only one I can handle having in my presence, the humble and the lowly, the meek. Because that's what he is. But he wants us to worship him because what we worship we become. And he wants to share his life with us. But if we refuse it, that's our choice. If we reject life, we find death. If we reject light, we will be in eternal darkness. Lord, have mercy on us. Help us. To seek you with our whole heart. And finally, we need to understand what's happening in this country and in the nations of the earth. This country is literally being destroyed. 
the question that the Lord is asking is, where are the intercessors? In Isaiah 59:16, the Lord said that he saw that there were, was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. To him, it's amazing. With what's coming and we don't intercede. Jesus said that we would see him again when we travail. In Luke 6, uh, John 16. We'll see him again when we travail. He's going to reveal himself to the church that travails. Paul said to the Galatians in chapter 4 verse 19. My little children for whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. In other words, until they grow up, till they allow the Lord to be fully formed within their hearts and lives. The U.S. has lost the blessing of the Lord in, in many ways. His grace has departed in general. 1962, imagine this, in 1962 and 1963, the wicked Supreme Court that existed in that, those years stole from our children and youth the Bible and prayer. Took it out of the schools, said it was illegal. The Constitution doesn't allow it because there's a separation of church and state in the U.S. How many have heard that? How many of you know it is a total lie? They invented it. There's no separation of church and state. The only thing there is is that the government cannot, like England did, form a church that they require everyone to be part of. <clears throat> no, you can believe anything. You have any religion, but total freedom of religion. And in the government. It's coming to the place where they will not allow Christians to have a position in the government. Totally wicked. They have stolen from our youth back in 62, 63. Can you imagine? So that the Bible and prayer. They used to start every class every day with reading the Bible, short passage, and then praying. Now, the Bible is a hate book. And very soon, you're going to see it. I mean, years ago, when, when Canada passed a law that said, if you read Romans 1 in public, even in your church, you go to jail because it's a hate crime against the homosexuals. I said years ago, that's coming to the U.S. Well, little did I know. Coming to the U.S., not just Romans 1, basically the Bible. They're, they're already talking about anyone that has a Bible in their home should go to jail because that's a hate book. They're already talking about it in the government. Forget about Canada. We've gone way beyond the rest of the world. And what's happening? Remember when they turned away from God in Israel? The Midianites invaded. The Midianites. 
stole their food, stole everything they were making and growing. And <clears throat> well, we've let 10 million Midianites come in since Biden took office. 10 million. They have, most of them, no training. They've failed in their own land, own country. They're from 150 different nations. They know that thousands of terrorists have come across, not just Latins, terrorists from different countries. They've caught many, but most of them have not been caught. This country is being plagued with diseases that were conquered decades ago. Polio is back. Tuberculosis is back. Malaria is back to this country and other diseases. They bring, they're bringing them in. You can't open the floodgates and only have healthy people coming in. Just the opposite. A lot of them are very sickly. This country is butchering and mutilating little children after they convince them that they can change from being a boy to a girl or vice versa. Even Europe, that was always way more wicked than the U.S., even Europe is aghast. They can't believe we're doing that here. I mean, what? I mean, 10 or 15 years ago, this country could not believe when they found out that Muslims mutilate newborn baby girls, circumcise them, so they'll never be unfaithful to their husbands. We thought, How, what? That's, that's like animals. What are we? Mutilating, butchering, chopping up their bodies? It's beyond belief. Racism is taking over. The Democrats call anyone that doesn't agree with them racist. You're a racist. And as I told you, whites can't be in the ads anymore. It has to be a Latin, a black, or an Asian. No whites. Check it out. You'll see. Now and then you'll see a white, probably because the ad's old. <laughs> Our military has been decimated. We are not, right now, we are not able to fight a war. <clears throat> Over a year ago, year, almost two years ago, the factory that created all of the bullets and big shells for the military for decades, probably 50 to 100 years, it burned down suddenly, just out of nowhere, just burned down. And they didn't rebuild it. And Barack Obama, when he was president, closed the last lead mine in the US. The US doesn't make lead anymore, mine lead. If, Russia, if China is willing to sell us lead, then we can make bullets. Can you believe that? And if they don't sell us lead, we can't make bullets. So if they attack, we, 
we'll use up all, we've already sent almost all of our ammunition to Ukraine. Or Ukraine. Most of our ammunition can't be replaced. We can't fight a war. They know it. They can march in any time. We're under judgment. Local churches filled with programs, with form, with religion, with what attracts carnal people, worldly people. But where is the river of life? Where is the presence of God? Our people need to meet God. I need to meet God, don't you? Only meeting God will change us. It's not just head knowledge. This seminar won't change us if we don't receive it into our hearts and get serious about God. There are millions and millions of lost sheep of the house of Israel out there that long to know the truth. And they know they're not going to find it in the church that exists today. They don't want any part of it, fortunately. Because as it was in the first coming, there are lots of things that are the same, not just those 15 points. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you compass land and sea to make one convert, one proselyte. And when you make him, you make him two times more a child of the hell of hell than he was before. He's worse now. He'll receive more judgment because he's learned to believe what he wants to believe and to do whatever he wants to do because he can't be lost. That's where we're at today. The youth, I mean, they go to a church, they say they want the Lord, maybe they do, and go to a church and it's filled with Baal worship. And many of them turn then to the real experts of rock music out in the world. You know, and how many of you have a hard time raising your hands, your arms? Have you ever seen a rock concert? I mean, a video of it? You know how they are in the rock concert frequently? That's what the devil wants, but the Bible tells us that's what God wants. Surrender to him, not to the devil. The schools and universities glorifying Marxism, communism, immorality, imparting hatred to the students, hatred for whites, hatred for their country. It doesn't matter what they impart. If it's hatred, it's hatred. It'll affect them the rest of their lives unless God delivers them. They're being filled with hatred. <clears throat> oh, Lord, <clears throat> come quickly. <clears throat> Shorten the days, Lord. Can we see the condition of the body of Christ? The Lord describes it very clearly. From the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. He's talking about the church. 
literally. There's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. There's no anointing to bring healing. Nothing of God in the church. Programs, entertainment. People love to go to church on Sunday because they're entertained for an hour by the rock concert. They don't know what's happening. The world is a total wreck. And you know why? The world has always been a reflection of the condition of the church. I've lived through three generations. I've seen it come and go. I remember when Billy Graham was a young evangelist that had the anointing. I remember in Detroit, where I grew up, he came to hold a campaign. There were probably hundreds of thousands of people that were listening to God's word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it changed the city. It changed the the state. Wales was a country of immoral minors that only thought about alcohol and immorality. And God visited in one little church. And the glory of God touched the whole nation. And within three months, the saloons were closed. The miners were going to the mines day after day, singing hymns and praising God in just three months. The church is always the answer. And the world is a, the condition of the world is a reflection of the condition of the church. You wouldn't have national pride days or months for homosexuals to flaunt their filth. If the church were filled with the glory of God, they'd be going to their closets to hide again. In fact, nation after nation, and this is going to happen, nation after nation would return to the laws that were in this country and specifically in certain states. Did you know that until the late, like the 60s, the 70s, and 80s in that period, that homosexuality was a crime? Did you know that? If they caught it, caught you doing it, you went to jail. And now it's being promoted and flaunted because the church has nothing of God in it. There's no anointing, no fear of God. That's going to change. But where are the intercessors? Will you intercede? Are you willing to cry out to God, Lord, bring your sons into your maturity and glory? Bring those mature sons forth. Let the revival come, whether I have a part in it or I don't. Lord, I want to at least intercede for it. I want to pray for it. I want to cry out to you that you would rise up and take control of this nation, of your church, 
and of the world, that every nation would be blessed with your glory and your presence. Will your intercession move God's heart? Do you know that God, like just looking at him, toward him with our eyes, spiritual eyes, it moves him, it overcomes him? Even more so, the prayer of the righteous man, the Bible says, avails much. It has a great impact. Very soon we're going to see the fruit of the incense in Revelation that ascends before God with the prayers of the saints. Will your prayers be among that, those prayers in, in that incense that ascends? It's up to you. God honors the prayer of a righteous man. He responds to prayer. God in his great humility allows man to choose the way he's going to go. It's, you can't force love on anyone. And God has allowed the devil to be here, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, having a choice. There's no real love if there's no choice. So everyone's got a choice. we got a choice to seek the Lord or not seek the Lord. We can be intercessors. We can cry out to God. We can be praying for what this world needs, the church, the body of Christ needs, the apocalypse of the mature sons of God. Lord, we want to see your glory in the earth. Will the Lord tell you that your intercession was part of the cloud of incense? that ascended before him. If we intercede, it'll be there. Will he tell you that his visitation in the earth occurred because of your prayer? Oh no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't depend on me. Uh, maybe not. But your reward will depend on you. You understand the difference? Because he will say to those who have interceded, I did it because of you. And it'll be true. He did it because of the prayers of a number of people, but I was one of them. And I get that reward too. What an opportunity. God's glory is at the door. A mighty deliverance is coming for the Mary Magdalene's. But oh, what love they're going to display. What glory they're going to display. You know, Mary Magdalene held him by his feet after the resurrection. She was there looking for him. And some years back, not too many, day after day, I had a vision. I mean, it wasn't, a, you know, a great vision, but it was definitely from the Lord. I knew it. 
Day after day, I saw, I had a vision of Mary Magdalene worshiping at the feet of Jesus. After a few days, I thought, oh, I want to be behind the Lord at his feet so I can hear the worship of one who has loved much, has been forgiven much. I mean, can you imagine? He told the apostles time after time, I'm going to be killed, crucified, and rise from the dead the third day. And not one of them was there on the third day to receive him back. That that had to have been a heartbreak for the Lord. He has emotions too, you know. Not one of my disciples is here to receive me. But Mary Magdalene is. And I thought, all I want to do is hear the flow of the worship of the Holy Spirit through her. Because I knew that she learned to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth like not one other disciple. That's why he chose her to be there. What a woman. And there are hundreds of thousands of Mary Magdalene's out in the world that would long, are longing for a day when they're set free from their horrible life and the demons that possess them. Don't you want to pray for them? Don't you want to intercede? Don't you want to cry out? Lord, have mercy. Lord, bring forth your glory in your people through the church so that the lost, the lost sheep of the house of Israel will have hope and get the answer through you. Let's cry, Lord, send the Shulamite. Let the Shulamite return, the perfect church, the glorious church. This world needs the Shulamite, Lord. Whether we're part of her or not, I want my prayers to be part of your intercessors to cry out to you with all my heart. Thank you for listening to Hebron Ministries Podcasts. Christ in us is the hope of glory. We hope that Christ may be glorified in the church. If you would like to know more about Hebron Ministries International, please visit us at www.hebronministries.com. Thank you.